as we were singing, just so many of the lyrics resonated with what I think the Lord is trying to get across us today through Romans chapter 8. The chapter begins with this great statement that there is now, because of Jesus, no condemnation. Then it ends with no separation. The middle of the chapter talks about how with him being our champion, the work that he has done, how it builds that confidence so that you know who you are in him. So that you can leave here and say, I am who he says I am. What you mean by that is that his victory becomes your victory. Romans 8 is how what he has done plays out in your life and mine. We're going to really focus on the section between verse 18 and the end of the chapter. I'm going to read like lead verses of the sections within that passage. And what I would encourage you to do is just be so attentive because the observations I believe are going to be very personal. Some of you are going to say, man, that first observation, that was just for me. For some, it may be a combination of all of the observations. But we're not here by accident. And this is not the passage chosen for today just because. We're here by design. This is the passage that God wants us to put our hearts into today. So everybody that's watching online or for all of us here, are you ready to receive God's word? Amen. Verse 18 says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So Paul sets up a, an observation, present suffering compared to future glory. He says, it's like, weigh them out. On the one side, you have your struggle. And on the other, you have this hope that is fixed for you as a believer in Christ. The verses right after verse 18 says, even the earth is groaning like the pain of childbirth. It goes on to say that we groan. There, there's an intensity, a description of the human experience so that there's the groaning on the one side and future glory on the other. And what Paul is getting at is that when we understand the future glory, it will shape perspective. It will build faith now so that we can struggle and struggle in faith so that we can struggle well. It's interesting that when you look at the number of hurricanes we've had, fires that have ravaged tens of thousands of acres, pandemic, all of this struggle, in the natural it would seem maybe that it's outweighing but a first century believer by the name of Paul writes to us to remind us that in this moment and in this day, no matter how intense the season, there's really no comparison in this present struggle 
with the future glory. That's why all of the struggle does not end in death, but birth. And what he's talking about is Revelation 21, the future glory is where God wipes away every tear and there will be no more dying. And I want to emphasize that, no more dying, no mourning, crying, or pain. For all things will be made new. And in light of that, we get a perspective for present struggle. And let me tell you something that I've observed about Christians. The statement that I'm going to make, it's not original with me, but man, it fits. I consider, I, I'm sorry, that's the verse. Here's the statement. The Christians who did most for the present world thought most of the next world. In my generation, in my 30 years of pastoring, we've, we've placed a lot of emphasis on living victorious now. But we have failed you if we have minimized the doctrine of heaven. If in some way we've made you think that this is all there is. When you know this is not all there is, but if you lose the magnificence, the fullness, the perfection of heaven, then it doesn't have the ability to help you in the present struggle. And the whole of scripture shows us people that were looking for a day, that knew they were just passing through, that it was just, this is just part of the journey. And I don't take anything away from your effort to be at your best for God and to thrive. I preach that all of the time. But on our best day, it will not be without struggle the limitations of this life, the pain of this life. But there's coming a day where there won't even be another tear. And in light of that, keeping our heart fixed on that day, we pick up a momentum even in the present struggle and we do great things for God. Pierce this atmosphere with praise if you believe that. The coming glory. The coming glory. <clears throat> and then let's move to the next lead verse of the next section. It says that in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. We could spend the rest of the day on how awesome it is that the Holy Spirit, who knows the mind of the Spirit, that means the mind of God, who also searches our hearts, who knows your greatest need, who knows your story, your backstory, who knows what's beneath the patterns and challenges of your life. The Holy Spirit who knows you also knows the mind of God. And when you and I are struggling to the point that we lack the words, we feel too weak to even pray like we want to. Paul says, the Spirit will intercede on your behalf. 
and the Spirit intercedes with all of the knowledge of what's going on in your heart in connection with the mind of God so that the praying is effective. Hebrews says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father and he makes intercession. I'm sure you have people praying for you, but if you ever doubt that there's someone around you praying for you, never doubt, you have two divine intercessors. Jesus at the right hand of the Father and the Spirit who is in you. Jesus praying over you, the Spirit praying through you. Romans 8 is saying, we struggle, but we have help, and that help is divine. We have help even to the point of our praying. There have been times when my kids were young, I stood in the doorway of their rooms, they would be fast asleep, and I would just pray, God keep them, help them, guide them, direct them. And I would pray as a parent would pray. Every parent in this room, you know what I'm talking about. And I remember on one of those occasions, as I was leaving the doorway of, of the room, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, you know, that's what Jesus does over you. And I want to say to somebody in this room that Jesus is standing in the doorway of your destiny. He's standing right now in the doorway of this present situation. And if there's so much pressure that you lack the words to articulate the kind of intercession that you think would match the moment, the Spirit is praying through you, Jesus is praying over you, and you're going to come through by the word of the Lord. Verse 28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. Look carefully at this verse. First of all, we know it's cognitive. Feelings are real, but they're not always true. Secondly, we know that in all things, it's comprehensive. Not each thing is good, but comprehensively. When God puts it all together, notice he works. God works in all things and the goal of the working is for our good. So we know. I don't feel that all the time, but I know it. And when you're in a deep difficulty or you're grieving, as you walk out your faith in God, what you know will make its way to your emotions. What you know will make its way to your heart where you have a real experience of the kind of power that verse 28 is, is teaching us. But no matter what's happening around you, I want you to know you're not walking by trust and faith in circumstances, but by faith and trust in God. So you can know that in all things, God is going to achieve the goal of his working which is for your good. This piano, it has some 246 strings that contain 40,000 pounds of tension. And when those notes are played within the structure of this piano, throwing it all the way back to Steinway, who was a great 
designer, he made this statement. Those 140 strings, they are able to produce great harmony out of great tension. The goal of the working is good, but the working, there's a lot of tension. If you sense the pressure right now, through your life, through your testimony, can be a harmony, a testimony. Because the goal of the working is something beautiful. In Enterprise, Alabama, back in the early 1900s, 1915 to be exact, this little community had a one-crop economy. All they grew was cotton. And they had a, a bow weevil plague. These bow weevils descended on their one crop, destroyed it, and as a result, destroyed their economy. It was disastrous. In dealing with this, they made a change in the way they, they thought about their economy and they diversified to many different crops. And by 1919, they were experiencing their best economy ever. So from 1915, disaster, to 1919, the best ever. And this is a city that then said, we need a way of remembering and they literally built a monument to the bow weevil. I've got a picture of it. It's the only place in the world where there's an actual statue to a bow weevil. I want you to see what they said. Look at the plaque. In profound appreciation of the bow weevil and what it has done as the herald of prosperity. You got to look closely at the date, 1919. In 1915, nobody had appreciation. But as they walked it out, by 1919, they had appreciation because what they learned through the plague is what produced their best day. I'm not ready to put up a plaque to our pandemic. Those words would not edify anybody. But I'm wondering as we go forward, if we will not see written over this time and written over our future, the kind of testimony, maybe perhaps something like that, where they are actually giving appreciation to what created devastation. It breaks my heart what we're going through. It is bizarre what we're going through. It is unlike anything I've experienced in my lifetime of 54 years. I've never seen the political chaos. I've never seen the physical crisis with COVID, the disruption of life, the unemployment, the impact on our economy. But I wanna say Romans chapter eight is not put on the shelf to be brought back out after all of this is over. Romans chapter eight is still in place and it still works and this struggle is real, but compared to what God has for us, there is no comparison and we're not left alone. We have help, the Holy Spirit 
is our help. Now we know, we know, we know it down deep in our heart that in all things comprehensively, God will achieve the goal of his working and that is for our good. Hold on, there's a better time coming. That leads us to verse 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? I can say the devil is against us, sin is against us, this current season is against us. But if you read the rest of that passage, it shows that God did not even spare his son, but freely gave him up for us all that through him, Jesus, we could have all things. And the logic is from the greater to the lesser. That if God would give his son Jesus and Jesus would give his life for you and me and Jesus won the total victory, he's our champion, then our confidence can rise. Our confidence can actually soar because his victory becomes our victory and we can say he's for us and if he's for us, then who or what can be against us? You realize the kind of confidence that you can walk in when you internalize that passage. Along the way in preaching, it just seems like the Holy Spirit will get behind me and push me into something. It's like a hand on my back and I, I feel pushed to say to somebody, your confidence, it's been shaken. Come back to Romans 8. Be honest about your struggle. Paul starts this whole section with acknowledging his struggle. That get renewed in your perspective because this is not all there is. This is just part of the journey. Secondly, know that you have help. When you feel the pressure, sometimes you can feel alone. But Paul wanted us to know we have help, divine help. The kind of help that knows your heart and the mind of God. And so today, just have a, an awareness that God is at work in all things for your good. Now, have the confidence that nothing happening today, nothing that will happen in the future, will be able to separate you from this kind of power. Because if God is for you, if God is for you, and we've established that he is, then who or what can be against us? Verse 35, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? And he lists seven adversities. Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, or danger, or sword. In our backyard, we have this beautiful tree. But now, with winter, it looks dead. But we know it's not. It's just a season. Though it looks dead, we know that this season, though the season has created changes, the season hasn't affected the life that is in the root. And in due season, that tree's gonna come forth. And it will be magnificent. You say, that, is that the same tree? See, the life has not been affected. We're just in a season right now. 
But this season cannot affect the life of God that is within your life, that is within the church, his church. We, we, the scripture says, we are on this winning side. So no, verse 37 says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. More than conquerors. Those words, that's one word in the Greek. And it's, it's this in, incredible word that tells us about how we're going to finish this race. It's the picture of the runner who finishes the race and crosses the line. Now, most runners, when the race has been real and intense, they cross the line exhausted, weary, but they finish. Some cross the finish line one last gasp. It's all they had, but they finished. What Paul is teaching us here, this one Greek word creates the picture of the runner that when he finishes, he comes across that finish line with energy as though he had just started the race. With a kind of fresh vitality as though the race had just started. And so you, you've got to sequence everything that Roman 8 has said and, and you see it. Our struggles in perspective, the future glory is going to be amazing. Keep running. The Holy Spirit is your power to run. Keep running. God's at work in all things for our good and out of pressure comes something beautiful. We're going to live to to write statements of what we've learned in this season, pressing into God in this season. In fact, perhaps we will say because of what we went through in 2020, the nation ended up in revival. Could happen. It could happen. And then out of all of this devastation, we will have appreciation that something pressed us to total dependence on God. Keep running. Keep running. Because nothing... Nothing. If God is for you, who can be against you? List the adversity. It's just a season, but it can't touch the life that is within your heart. So you are more than a conqueror. Oh yeah, the outward man is perishing, but the inward man is being renewed every day. It's the same spirit that caused Caleb at age 80 to have the same vision that he had at age 40. We are not just going to barely make it across the finish line. We're going to run this race, fight the good fight, and we're going to finish strong. Finish strong. To marriages that have been under attack, you can recover. To individuals that have been under attack in your mental health, you're going to come back and finish strong. Let me talk about it for just a moment in verse 38. He says, I'm convinced. And he gives what's called polarities. They're two different things. They're opposites, but both are powerful. So this is the Holy Spirit speaking through Paul, setting up the kind of power that we have in God so that we can be convinced. I'm convinced. Neither death nor life. Angels nor demons. Present nor the future. Nor any powers. Height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God 
that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Pierce this atmosphere with confident praise today because you are more than a conqueror. Thank you, Jesus. As the worship team comes back, let me tell you about articles I read about a fire that ravaged over a million acres in Yellowstone National Park. The fire was so intense that a lot of researchers wanted to study the recovery process. And after some months, I found their statements very intriguing and captivating because one of those statements was that the forest was experiencing a vigorous recovery. The next statement was, with confidence, we want to say that the forest will be reestablished. The third observation was about these incredible trees and how big they were, and yet they were scorched, burned to the ground, nothing left. But the trees that were sprouting were eight times bigger than the trees that were there. They made this observation. The trees that existed before the fire contained seed. And only fire could have opened up those seeds that had the potential of being a tree eight times bigger than what was there. So it was the fire that created unrealized potential. I feel like God wants me to end this service and try to bring emphasis that I think this is a word from God. We are coming through this. And it's had its effect on all of us. It's been hard. And in those areas where there needs to be recovery, maybe it's your finances because of what's happened to your job. Maybe it's emotionally, mental health, Maybe this has drained you spiritually. You've got a spiritual fatigue because of all of this. Maybe it's put pressure on relationships. I just feel like the Lord wants me to stand here and tell you by the word of Romans 8, I am saying over us, there will be a vigorous recovery. A vigorous recovery. And I would say over us that this fiery trial that we are going through, is going to release potential that we didn't know we had and that is going to be far greater than anything we've ever experienced. Think about the great days of the church, just this church. And this word I'm giving right now, I pray it over every church in this city, this county, this nation. But you think of the history of this church, the incredible high moments and incredible low moments. God has been faithful. And it's been incredible when you look at the high water marks in the history of this church. But I'm saying today, because of this fiery trial that we are walking out, it's going to release a potential of God greater than anything we have ever seen. And I'll just speak those things that aren't as though they are. We're going to live to see our best days. 
We're not gonna live to see days without struggle, but our faith is being refined in all of this. Our faith in God is going deeper because of all of this. Our dependence on God is greater than it's ever been. And the Lord's church, this church, his church is going to keep storming the gates of hell. And they're not going to prevail against us. And we're going to storm the gates of hell with greater potential than we've ever known. Because there's a seed that's opening within the church that could have only opened by fire. It's happening in your life. It's happening in the life of this church. Come on, lift your hands. Let's sing it today. You are my champion. Giants roll when you stand under fear. Every battle you specific praying if there's been that unusual struggle that had its impact in your life I'm going to ask that the Holy Spirit just begins to intercede for you I want to come into this category some of you prayed for someone who's lost you've talked and talked and talked to them and you've not had any success in getting them to open their heart to Jesus, and you become weary, frustrated, the spirit in you has such a desire for that person to be saved. We're gonna let the Holy Spirit begin to pray through us because the spirit has the heart of God, which is a heart to redeem. And it's gonna revitalize your faith and your energy to keep witnessing to keep reaching I think that the third category would be a combination of the two something has just kind of gone dormant in your heart and the Holy Spirit wants to bring life the Holy Spirit wants to reach wants to comfort wants to counsel the Holy Spirit wants to lead, and we just need to allow the Holy Spirit to work in us and then through us. We're going to declare the bridge of this song over you as you seek God. Get so personal with exactly what you need God to do the most. And we're going to leave here with that confidence that we're more than conquerors. Would you lift your hands with me, everybody? And let's begin to pray. Just begin to talk to the Lord.
begin to talk to the Lord. When I lift my voice, I lift my voice and shout. Every wall comes crashing down. I have the authority. With passion, let the Holy Spirit begin to pray through you. Jesus has given me. this week with a fresh perspective yeah let's do it let's do it take this word and just let it just keep driving deep in your heart let it keep resonating with where you are who you are and what you need because this word is it'll work on a Monday and on a Tuesday and a Wednesday it will work at 3 in the afternoon and 3 o'clock in the morning there's nothing that compares. Walk in that word. Amen. Be seated for just a moment. We'll come to a conclusion here quickly. 
thank you for being here today. Uh, let me give you an invitation to join our team that will serve foster care families. We do this every year. Until this year, we've built bicycles and given away hundreds of bicycles to children and families. We're gonna alter that plan this year. It's already in the works. We sent out a request to all of these families and said, what do you need the most? And they have picked gifts that their kids need the most this year. We have been receiving those gifts, assorting them and getting them ready. So we are on the countdown now to giving them away. That's where you come in. If you would like to join the team in giving these gifts, these families will arrive on this campus, on this parking lot. We'll use all of our exits and entrances. We're creating this incredible parade of giving and joy. And you will help us create the atmosphere and you will give the gifts to these families as they arrive. You will get all the details of how to sign up for that team here in just a moment. But I just wanna tell you, it's a great way to serve hundreds of people that find themselves in a place of need. And so we're gonna step up and serve our neighbors in that way. Isn't that a great thing to be a part of? Secondly, I want you to see a story. There were schools across Oklahoma that got involved in a competition designing and experimenting with products that would ultimately go into space, that could be used on the space station. There would be three winners across the whole state, and those three experiments would be taken on, in, on the rocket that's launching December 5th, just a few days from now. And those astronauts are gonna conduct those three experiments in space. We know what they'll do here. We need to see what they'll do in space and they will report back. Of all the teams, there were three winners. Two of the three are from Summit Christian Academy, our school. They worked so hard and I am just so thankful for these students and all students and how they have persevered in this most unusual time. And I'm deeply grateful for all teachers all the administrations of all of these schools across our county. I'm so thankful. These people that have been in positions of responsibility with, it's just, I know with our school how challenging this is. And to every teacher, to every administrator, we applaud you for the way you have worked and persevered. I've watched our school do it and just, it's amazed me and made me so grateful for their tenacity. And here we are, this is about to happen. And Fox 23 did a great story that recaptured uh, the essence of this. And we want you to see it. And when it's over, just celebrate these kids, celebrate all of our students. When you clap it up, you're clapping for every superintendent. You're clapping for every school secretary. You're clapping for every teacher because we are so, so proud of all of them. Watch this. Welcome back. Only on Fox 23, a launch more than a year in the making is now just days away. We told you when Oklahoma students started competing back in September of 2019 to send their experiments to space. Fox 23 meteorologist Megan McClellan spoke with the students as they get ready for that final countdown. 
It's been more than a year since a competition was announced and nearly nine months since the winners were chosen. Now, three teams from Green Country have their experiments headed to Cape Canaveral to launch into space. I spoke with all three teams via Zoom after they packed up their experiments. We are so excited um, because after a long year's wait, our project will be finally going into the International Space Station. I feel like I accomplished something. We have one brother-sister team from Jinx Southeast Elementary and two teams from Summit Christian Academy representing Oklahoma in space. We're awestruck. Like, our project that we thought of, we made, we experimented after experiment, is going up there. I just have a lot of hope in this project. These students not only came up with the experiment, but also designed how the experiment will be tested in space. Our parents um, helped us, like, like, get the clamps on very tight, how to color code the mixed sticks, and we were learning, too. We learned so much. The two teams of 5th and 7th graders from Summit Christian Academy have been quarantining, only seeing each other, so they can go to Florida and watch the launch in person. It's been a little difficult, but we're still happy, and no matter how long it takes, we're going to still be happy with what we get. Like it kept got pushed, got pushing back and back, and we're like, it's been a year. <laughs> kind of sad. It's been keep, it's been pushed back so many times, but I'm happy that we're still doing this. All three teams hope their projects inspire other students, showing they can literally reach for the stars. I would say to anybody watching, you can do this. You can be just like us. Wherever you are, like you can still achieve anything no matter what situation you're in. Parents and teachers told me a lot of emotions surrounded this launch, but one sticks out over the others. Very proud. It's, it's been fun to see them grow over the last year. Um, we've had some tears, we've had frustrations, we've had moments of complete joy. And then, yes, every time our launch date would change, um, you know, a little disappointment, but excitement when we got everything set up to go the next time. So I have no words to express how uh, proud I, I am of the two of them. And, um, and I have no words of gratitude. Words would be very small for all the mentors and the teachers that have helped them come all this way. Covering news that matters, meteorologist Megan McClellan, Fox 23 News. Let's celebrate all these students and the educators. Come on, let's show our appreciation to all of them. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Are you charged up from that message all the way through that, that uh, TV video right there? That's amazing. Have a seat real quick. I'm going to go through three quick announcements with you. If you are new to the assembly or your regular tender, we'd love to have record of your visit today. If you'll just take out your phone, open your camera, place it in front of one of the QR codes in the seat back in front of you or on the screen, whether you're online or in person, you can do this. It'll give you an opportunity to have a prompt that you can go to, that you can fill out a few pieces of information, and it will allow us to follow 
up with you, give you some great information about our church, and stay connected in the season that we're in. Hey, if you are moving into the church and you're wanting to know more about it, you can go farther faster by going right into our next step that we call Growth Track, and that is starting next week after this service on the 11 o'clock service. At the end of the service, we'll have a, a catered lunch. We'll have childcare provided. You can get the information at theassembly.org slash growth track. You can just put your name in there. We'll be ready for you, and we're ready to get you plugged in serving on a dream team. Dream teams are what we call our serving opportunities, and you do have an opportunity today to sign up for Joyride, the event Pastor Ron was talking about that's a week from Saturday. If you'd like to sign up and be involved in that, get more information about how you can be a part of it, if you'll just text the word Joyride to 313131, you'll get on the list and you'll get information from our outreach pastor, Pastor Justin, and he'll get you all plugged in serving for that big event coming up next Saturday. Hey, here in a minute, we're going to have an opportunity to give. You're so generous as a church. When you give your tithe, you bring your tithe, you give your offering, you give opportunity for us to fulfill the vision of serving neighbors and nations. And so I just challenge you today, continue to be generous in the season that we're in. Why don't you stand with me? We're going to have a prayer to close out the service. You'll have an opportunity to give with those links that are on the screen, or you can give if you're in the room at one of the offering stations as you exit today. Aren't you grateful for God and the fact that he has made us more than an overcomer today? God is good. God is good. So let's pray into the week that we're about to charge into. Lord, you have charged us up this morning with the truth from Scripture. We know who you are, God, and what you've done in our life. And we know you have good things in store for us, even in seasons like this. And I pray even as we go today that you're going to charge us up, that you're going to empower us for what's ahead, God. And I thank you for your goodness and faithfulness in leading us into this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody have a great week.